Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Welcome to Cavs a Podcast. I'm Nate Smith, and I'm here with Evil Genius. And it it's been a depressing uh, winter so far for the Cavs. Uh, <laughs> they fall tonight, one eighteen to one hundred eight to the Warriors. Uh, they had a good first half, but again, could not sustain a lead in the second half, and um, and kind of kind of fell apart. Uh, fourth quarter, they only scored 17 points, including, I think they had about two points in the first six minutes or so. It, yeah. It, it was pretty, and that was on a, uh, Tristan Thompson dribbler where it kind of hit the rim and went in. So <laughs> it, it wasn't a pretty game. Um, well, it was pretty for three quarters. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, LeBron, 32 points, eight rebounds, six assists, but, Eight turnovers, and that was a depressing number. Yeah, that'll happen when you throw a lot of jump passes. Yeah, yeah, a lot of jump passes, a lot of blind passes. Uh, Dwayne, or uh, Isaiah Thomas, uh, as you said during the audio test, looked rusty. Uh, eight of 21 from the field, including, and most of that was because of one of seven from three. Um, yeah. To go with four assists. Only one. Uh, turnover, which was nice. Uh, nineteen yeah. points, but it took him twenty-one shots to do it. Dwayne, yeah, he just doesn't. He just doesn't have his legs. You can no, tell. Yeah, and Dwayne Wade, who doesn't realize he doesn't have any legs, uh, five of fourteen, including. I want to say his shot chart was probably everything at the basket went in and everything not at the basket did not go in. Uh, I'd he, say that's probably a hundred percent right. He jacked up. Yeah, he, he missed eight shots, and all of them were from that that place he likes to dribble to, on just the right above elbow. the yeah, just above the right elbow, and and kind of fall away as he's launching it, and those never went in. Yeah, and then the other spot being he missed a three. That, oh uh, right. That, Although that was kind of like a necessity three. No, it, it was in the flow of the offense. It just his jumper isn't there. So. Oh no, I thought like well, he shot two. I think because he missed one with the shot clock running yeah. down, which I don't blame him for. Because what are you what are you gonna do? But right, exactly. exactly. But he did miss. He did miss another one earlier. That's right. Exactly. Um. Then to go along with that, uh, we had Kevin Love, who had a nice game, but couldn't get the ball. Uh, he only had nine shots, while Isaiah Thomas had 21 and Dwayne Wade had 14. Well, he um, only played 27 minutes, so it yeah. was a foul trouble. So. He, did, he did get in some foul trouble, and I didn't like seeing him pick up the cheap fouls early. I wish he he needs to let some plays go because uh, of the way he picks up fouls. And um, 
yeah, it, it wasn't pleasant to watch. Um, well, Jay, Jay Crowder had a tough shooting game again, one of four from three. I mean, the Cavs as a team, seven for 28 from three. Um, yeah, that's not going to get it done, unfortunately. No. I mean, they scored a lot in the paint. They they had good success in the paint because uh, the Warriors chose to go small. Uh, they never they, – I mean, both Zaza and – Javel McGee were were DNPs, and they they started Jordan Bell at the at the center in the front court. Um, you know, but when they go small like that, you know, I mean, the Cavs just didn't. They they took advantage early on, but they didn't really yeah, they didn't really take advantage in the second half. Unfortunately, yeah, late they, into the third and into the fourth, they just settled for a lot of shots. Well, and that's kind of what they've been doing. I know you'll talk about that in a little bit, but. Um, you know, at one point, at one point in the fourth quarter, they missed fourteen or fifteen shots, and you're just not going to win games against anybody that way. Um, you know, but they were. Yeah, it really didn't. It really didn't get away from them until the last, the really the last five or six minutes, and you know that when the when the Warriors pushed the lead to ten with their with their second unit, really. I mean, Clay Thompson and Draymond Green were out there, but um, but. Clay and or uh, Curry and and Durant were on the bench for for really until about five minutes left in the quarter. So uh, you give their bench credit; they they played enough defense to keep the Cavs from taking high percentage shots. And um, you know they just tired whether it was tired legs for Isaiah or Dwayne or LeBron, any any of those guys guys that are their scorers they just they didn't have anybody that could hit a shot in the first uh the first six or seven minutes of the fourth quarter and that was essentially the ball game yeah absolutely and and the Cavs were scoring at a pretty um pretty regular clip uh in earlier in the season and they've been shooting terribly and scoring terribly and and one of my observations and I don't know if you agree with it but they they look out of shape. They look like all the partying in January has and not practicing has taken its toll. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously Isaiah, you can't really you can't really blame. I mean, the guy's got to work his way yeah. back into shape, but but the rest of them, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say LeBron's out of shape. I mean, he's still doing what he does and probably trying to do too much with the, with the, the eight turnovers, um, force the ball to guys that just aren't there or, and Golden State's a good defensive team. They play the, the passing lanes really well, probably better than most teams, but, um, but he's consistently been, been coughing the ball up, uh, quite a bit. Um, and, and, you know, they're, I think they're, they're still trying to figure out how to play, with Isaiah, I mean, he played 32 minutes tonight, which is the most he played all season. But, um, but he still his shot looks rusty, and he looks a little tentative going into the lane, doing the things that he did so well last year. And you know, I mean, it, I, I still believe it's a matter of time um, before he gets his legs back. And and I mean, there were flashes of it in the first half when you saw him really facilitate and. Uh, I mean, he he draws so much attention. There was that that great alley oop dunk that he threw to LeBron, where literally two guys left left LeBron and and went went locked onto it as he was driving down the lane, and it left LeBron wide open for a you know for a for a reverse jam. And 
Uh, and that's that that's that'll be the key to how they can use him going forward, because when his jumper's not falling, at least you know last year, especially you would see him just he would just be relentless in driving inside and getting those ticky tack fouls that uh, he and James Harden are so good at doing. Um, but we haven't really seen that a lot yet. Couple here and there, but um, but that'll probably be the you know the last thing to to kind of come back. That and his three point shooting. So um, you know, I I still think it's too early to to read too much into it. I was actually encouraged by the game tonight because they played three really good quarters. Um, they they thoroughly outplayed the Warriors in the second quarter and. Um, you know, they just they they got into some lazy shots, shot making in in the third, and that's really when Durant started to go off. And um, you know, they weren't having a whole lot of success guarding him tonight. And um, you know, and then and then when you have a drought like that to start start the fourth quarter, you know, I mean, they were only down two going into the into the into the final period, and and. Um, Unfortunately, that that's they they'd lose to most teams if they pull yeah. the oh, a one for fifteen first half of a quarter, um, you know, in a close game. So, and certainly to a team that's got a, a well rested um, Steph Curry and Kevin Durant coming off the bench, but but I, I liked. I mean, they even in the fourth they they did fight back a bit. Um, you know, and then unfortunately, the inevitable Durant threes, and I think Swaggy P hit a three, and that was the backbreaker. And you know, but they were still fighting into the fourth quarter. I'm not so sure that that Isaiah should have been out there in the fourth quarter. Yeah, at, I, at I think the problem with that is the Dwayne Wade was so bad, uh, and Jay Crowder wasn't much better, but um. So do you run JR and LeBron who I didn't see it but a lot of people on the live thread said JR was really bad and LeBron was kind of ignoring him on the wing too so yeah Yeah JR JR has not been um I mean he didn't have a terrible game tonight um he he didn't have a great game guarding Tom guarding Clay early no and, and Kyle Korver Played, I would say, the best defense on Clay of anyone. He did, and, but and then was, when he does, but when he does that, I think he unfortunately, uh, w- when Corver has to expend that much much energy defensively, it, it's that much less he's able to kind of run through screens on the offensive side. So he only wound up with three shots. And I mean, to to their credit, to their, they know how dangerous he is, and they they put uh, Draymond on him here and there. They put Clay on him. I mean, they were. They they paid attention to Corver, so he wasn't going to get any any real wide open looks. But I noticed a few open looks that that you know when guys would drive inside, they missed they missed him on like yeah, Jeff. There Jeff were a couple Green of missed Jeff. a couple of them. Well, yeah, and 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 that's it. I think these guys sometimes when they Cavs have guys on their team who when they decide to drive the big men, I'm talking about like Jeff Green and Crowder uh, and Love even to some degree, although less so. But they they tend to put their head down and they really just kind of go to the rack and don't keep an, an enough of an open look on guys that might be open around the pruner and I think that's what made having playing and a lot of people called for it playing like Channing Fry 
is that Channing Fry has a great two-man game with Kyle Korver. And so when Channing Fry puts a ball in the deck, he can find Kyle Korver. Yeah, well, and, and the other side of that being he just clears the passing lane so much because you got to keep a guy out to guard them, too. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, look, I mean, when he, he came in, he played two minutes, or not even a minute and a half at the end, came in and, and he, almost instantly hit a three. So. He drained an F.U. Ty Lu three-pointer. <laughs> yeah. Or or as I call it, an F.Lu three-pointer. <laughs> a flu three-pointer. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, again, I, I, I know this, it's, it's always a negative when they lose, and this certainly didn't have, this didn't have the same sort of impact as um, the same sort of impact as, as the blowouts against Minnesota and, and Toronto last week, or even the, the 22 point choke job against, against the Pacers. Um, you know, this was more in line with how the Cavs typically play the Warriors where, you know, there's some really good stuff early and they're right in it. And then they beat themselves down the stretch and yeah. not, not to dis, not to discount golden state golden state's defense. Cause they're, they're, they're a good defensive team, but they're, they haven't been as good this year as they have been some years in the past. I mean, they've been giving up a lot of points and their bench isn't nearly as strong as it has been in previous years, but you know, they, they, they took advantage in that, in that fourth quarter um, where, as much as the Cavs beat them, beat them up in the second quarter, that second unit, you know, with David West and Livingston and, and, um, yeah, those uh, guys played much better in the second half than they did. Yeah. The first. Yeah. And a lot of people on the live that were like, Oh, living, you know, old man West, but David West has been really good this year as yeah. uh, and Livingston, you know, has always killed the Cavs. Um, but West was really garbage in the first half. And yeah. Then he wasn't he, good. And then he just, like he threw down a dunk on Tristan, and he uh, and he managed to play some good good defense at the rim. Uh, it was interesting too. Like after they started Jordan Bell in the first half, they started. You see, they started Looney in the second half, which yeah. gave them a little bit more length. Um, and I to, think it was just kind of to mix it up a little bit too. <laughs> maybe, you know. although it seemed to be more effective. I mean, yeah. I mean. Jordan Bell is an active guy, but he's still a rookie and makes rookie mistakes. So. Right. And Kevin Love was just lighting him up early. Yeah. So, um, which unfortunately didn't happen in the second half. I mean, Kevin had most of his points in the first half. So. Yeah, yeah, and uh, the other. So there was there's a one of my biggest beefs, I guess, is second half. Uh, Cavs did not run a coherent offense. Um, just kind of dribbled around and jacked up shots early in the shot. I mean, you know as well as I do that long mid-rangers early in the shot clock are one of the worst shots you can take in basketball. And the Cavs yep. were just doing that over and over and over and over. But the other side of that was that we saw some stuff in the first half that was working really well that the Cavs just didn't even run in the second half. I mean, yeah. they ran a lot of plays with Isaiah Thomas and LeBron as the screener, that right wing pick and roll. The Cavs scored three straight buckets on it, including that gorgeous lob to LeBron. Um, and then they never ran it in the second half. And it was like, well, why? And that that's my biggest beef with Tyloo in general is yeah. they find something that works and it's not just, 
within a game, it's within the regular season, you know, you see with Tyron Lou or with uh Channing Fry that works and then they go away from it and you just kinda never know why. And they definitely went away from that and I don't know if it's LeBron breaking off the plays or if it's the players. One of the things I don't know if you heard that bit about uh Phil Handy and you know LeBron yeah. yelling at Phil Handy and basically, you know, saying, Hey, the players got it, we got this and it's like well are the players just running this team? I mean, is that what's going on here? Well, that's what it seems like. I mean, it does seem like that, especially the way they don't even run an offense. So I I don't know and and I don't, you know, I am pretty much of the opinion that that Ty Lue needs to go. I mean, David Black got fired for a lot less than this. Um except- Yeah, but David Black tried to coach I don't feel like Tyloo's ever tried to coach. Like he just, he just, his his hallmark is that he can handle LeBron and challenge LeBron and draw up really good inbounds plays. And aside from that, I'm not sure because yeah, and maybe he is coaching the players that he has, and that's the only way that you can coach them. I don't know. I mean, yeah, maybe. I mean, look, that's just it. Like. It's been said many times, LeBron doesn't really, he hasn't really had a coach to coach him. I mean, probably the best coach he ever had was Spolstra, and Spolstra can do a lot with a little. But Spolstra, Spolstra kind of reminded me of Blatt, really. I mean, maybe a more personable version of Blatt, less ego than, than Blatt had. And that was probably, you know, as people have recapped before, that that was Blatt's real downfall was that, you know, he 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 was still a little he had a little too much ego that he couldn't check at the door, um, but that's that's it. Like, we, there's plenty of guys you could bring in that would be better coaches probably than Tyron Lue. But the but to what end? If LeBron's going to buy into a system, then he's then that's then that's that mattress man as they say but like that's that's <laughs> what, what, what mattress man oh yeah that's from sorry it's from a old movie uh punch drunk love um oh wow that's, that was that's that mattress man. well but i worked on them but that i'm just saying just, oh okay, okay always sorry on. when everybody says that's that i just always add mattress man and <laughs> people usually you. look at me people usually look at me with an equal you know stares of like what the hell did you just say but i always uh, forget you worked on that movie i do like that movie yeah it was fun it was fun probably sandler's best movie but anyways i digress <laughs> i'm just saying you're not gonna get lebron to play for anybody it's like he's yeah, not gonna so play for popovich he's gonna you play think he'll for play, he'd play for fizdale no well maybe i mean fizz at least fizdale he's got a c- connection with fizdale from when he was on the heat but yeah i don't know i mean wasn't Fizdale available when when Black got fired? Yeah, but I think the always the plan was to bring in Ty Lue as the interim. Yeah. Man. that's why he was the quote unquote associate head coach. Yeah. Um, no, look, I mean, I, I just I, I don't know what to say. Like, I just think the coaches so that you don't think this he, is a coaching issue. It is a coaching issue, but it's not one that can be rectified. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> Okay, so like not playing Chetty Osman tonight when he's been playing really well for the Cavs, is that well, yeah, on, that's, that's is that on Ty Lue or is that on LeBron? Sure. Well, it's hard to say because, I mean, on the surface it's on Ty Lue, but who's to say that LeBron isn't in the huddle saying, "I don't want 
a rookie and, in the, this and, game and, and experienced guys yeah. playing in this game against Golden State. Who's to say LeBron's not in there saying like Channing can't guard people? Like I know he can hit threes, but he can't guard people when when we're playing a team like that. Mm-hmm. Who knows? I mean, I don't know. I'm not in the I'm in the huddle no, I, either. But, I agree with but you. I'm just saying, just to, just to to kind of expand it out, like, and then what's really what's Tyler supposed to say about any of it without appearing to be, you know, the guy that's putting putting the blame on LeBron? He doesn't want to be that guy, and then he loses all credibility, and he has then he's got no leverage, right? So yeah, I, I just I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, it's it's weird, and it maybe it's a cop out, but I just think. There's got to be a reasonable explanation for it because any other coach would play Seti Osman 10 to 15 minutes against a team like this that likes to get up and down the floor because he's probably the one of the quicker guys on the team. Right. You know, any coach worth his salt is going to find some minutes for Channing Fry because you know he's going to hit a, a three or at least give you a little bit more spacing with so that Corver can get free or LeBron can drive Man, a lane or whatever. I, I just felt like. Part of what was going on with the jacking up the mid-rangers was Thompson just totally clogging up the offense. Oh, sure. I mean, they but, just, yeah. But, again, like, LeBron's always believed that Tristan is his ultimate safety valve, right? And LeBron yeah. still probably looks at him that way, even though he hasn't been, and he still hasn't. He's had flashes where he's gotten so, better. So your theory is that LeBron is, that Ty Lue is not a terrible coach, but LeBron is. <laughs> oh, I'm not saying that. I don't know if I don't know what kind of coach Ty Lue is. I'm saying like we're, we'll never we, we we'll never find we out. Can't know at least not on this team until until LeBron retires or leaves or Ty Lue gets fired and goes to coach somewhere else. We'll never know. Yeah. And but by, by the way, did you? Did, I wouldn't have known that that Eric Spolstra was that good of a coach until after LeBron left and you saw him coach do some of the coaching jobs he's done the last few years. Uh, that is that is true, right? Yeah. I mean, you you look at that and you say, "Well, all right." I mean, yeah, and it's a players' <laughs> league. I mean, I mean, is Mike Brown a good coach? I mean, Mike Brown won a bunch of games in Cleveland. He went to L.A. and failed miserably, but now he's <laughs> but now he's a really good defensive bench coach for for the world champions. So who who knows? I don't know. Is yeah. Mike Brown a good coach? Tom would say he was. I I think you can be a well, and it also depends on the era too. I mean, Mike Brown in the two thousands probably a lot better than Mike Brown now, where it's just an offensive league. You know, um, <laughs> you know maybe uh, oh, what's his name? Um, Mike, uh, who's the coach of the Rockets? Oh, uh, D'Antoni? Mike D'Antoni, maybe not a great coach for the aughts, but maybe a good coach now, you know? You think Mike D'Antoni will win a championship with that style, ever? Um, I think he could with this Houston team if uh, the Rockets, or if Golden State didn't exist. <laughs> you know, if there wasn't they a good... <laughs> But they do exist. Well, you never know what's going to happen. So I think he could if things bounced right. I mean, basically meaning uh, Clay or uh, or uh, Steph or uh, Durant got hurt. Sure. <laughs> but did you see? Like, did you see Ty Lue's comment today? No, I. And they I... said, well, well, they said, well, they were asking him, like, he was like, it's good to be home, back at the queue. We've been on the road seventeen out of twenty days, and and they're like, yeah, well, 
And then, like, people are saying you're not the best team in the East anymore. And he's like, well, I don't agree. He goes, I still think we're the best team in the East. And they're like, well, what leads you to that conclusion? And he said, because we have the best player in the world. <laughs> like, that right there is like, an, that's an answer of somebody who's a, who's basically, he's just, he's he's a placeholder. He's he's the guy who is, and look, I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not bagging on his ability to, to actually get LeBron to do certain things or his ability to, to stand up to LeBron. If, I mean, it sounds like that happened. Although most of those, most of those, those stories come from Ty Lue himself, not, and they almost seems like the way that he presents them, they're sanctioned by LeBron. It's like, yeah, you can say it. You can say that. You can tell them that you, that you made, that you pissed me off and made me mad at halftime. And I came out and, and did more like, Okay, so he's a great cheerleader, right? He's a great cheerleader who knows how to draw up inbounds plays. And maybe that's all they need because that's all LeBron will ever allow any coach of the Cavs to be. Interesting. (laughs) Interesting. So here's my question. If you are sitting there, you're the Cavs, um, you've got what looks like a completely, you know, moribund, feckless Cavs team that doesn't seem to be able to find their way right now. Um, You know, you got Ty Lue sitting there. He has won you a ring, but, you know, David Blatt was fired for a season that looked a lot better than this one. Um, And then you've got, you know, the coming LeBron decision 2018 combined with... Uh, David Fisdale, a guy he's a big fan of, being a a coach, a free agent sure. right now, plus a guy that looks like he could probably help <coughs> you develop young players as, you know, he kind of was somebody who did that in Miami and, and, uh, and Memphis. He kind of favored the younger guys over the older guys. Uh, even if LeBron leaves, he would not be a bad coaching choice. What do you do if you're the Cavs? Do you do you? It, and when I say the Cavs, I mean Dan Gilbert because it's ultimately only his decision. Do you say, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let Ty Lue go and bring this other guy in and hope it helps me keep LeBron and hope it kind of shakes up the team a little bit"? Or no. do do? No. <laughs> well, hold on. I'm not saying what does. Okay. I'm not saying what no, does. No, keep, what okay, does finish, finish. Yeah. I'm not saying what does evil genius do. I mean, I I think I know your answer. What is do you think Dan Gilbert will make? Oh, I'll tell decision? you what Dan. I tell you what Dan Gilbert does. You know what Dan Gilbert does? What? Whatever LeBron wants. <laughs> okay. But, no, I'm, let me. But no, let me, no, I agree clarify. with you. But the question is: Is LeBron going to tell him what he wants this year? No, of course not. Why would he tell him? Here's the thing: LeBron James likes to be in control. Okay. LeBron James likes to be in control, which is why he likes to be in control, but doesn't like to blame, right? So he wants all the control, but he doesn't want it to ever see. So if you're going to be LeBron's coach, you have to be the guy out front deflecting everything and making it like, hey, you know what? I'm, I can get, I can talk to LeBron. We're going to be fine. Just get us to the playoffs. We got the best player in the world. Yada yada. These are the things that I'm saying, right? Like these are the things that I'm paid to say. I don't think David Blatt did very well as a mouthpiece, which is why he got fired, right? So ultimately, 
LeBron, and here's why, and here's the biggest reason why LeBron won't go anywhere next year. Why he'll why he'll double down and sign the biggest contract in NBA history with the Cavaliers this summer? Because where else is he going to go and have that control? Who else is going to cede this amount of control to LeBron? Uh, the the is answer, to go to, is the, the go answer to, might be every team that wants him. I doubt that. You think Houston's just going to? You think Houston with James Harden? Is he's gonna say, yeah, sure, you can come and do whatever you want, LeBron. Fair point, but what about the Lakers? Do you think Magic? No, but see, you think Magic Johnson? Yeah, but see, the Lakers aren't gonna have the cap space because because the Lakers still can't figure out how to get get out from under bad contracts that their previous owner made. And to be to be honest, there's no, there's nothing that LeBron would want from the Lakers. There's nothing that he gains from doing that. Okay. And he still won't have the control. He's not going to have control over over Magic, over wh- whoever that Magic decides he wants to have coach that team. What about um, the? That's the, why he. You, what about you, the I mean, Half the reason he half the reason he left Miami is because he couldn't have control down there because he because he chafed at what Riley and and uh, Mickey Harrison wanted him to do or not do. And he chafed when they got rid of Mike Miller to cut salary. So. No, but he chafed when 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 Pat Riley said said we're gonna we gotta we gotta retool we gotta man up we gotta figure out you know, it's like he's like I, well, I'm like no I'm gonna do that I'm gonna go <laughs> I'm gonna go start over with some young guys and then owner will pay me whatever I want even though he wrote that letter back in Cleveland. <laughs> okay, hey, I not arguing with you. I. Th- appreciate the 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 strong take and and respect the opinions if it were me um and you're probably right um because Dan Gilbert doesn't know what LeBron wants so he'll do nothing rather than doing the wrong thing the only um, thing Dan Gilbert will do that that LeBron that might chafe LeBron is not trade the the Brooklyn pick right and because there's nobody but it's at least defensible because you look around and Dan Gilbert could say, "Ron, if if, Bron, if LeBron said you gotta you gotta trade that Brooklyn pick, give me more help," <laughs> he'd be like, "LeBron, who who would you who's even worth that?" Right, right. right. Do you DeAndre wanna... Jordan yeah. is he worth that? You already well, have DeAndre Jordan in Tristan Thompson, although DeAndre's a better a, a better defensive player, but still, you know, you're gonna be able to keep DeAndre Jordan on the floor. You know, you think you think you don't think he's going to clog the middle the same way that Tristan Thompson will? I I would disagree. DeAndre Jordan can post up smaller players and um not he's well. A, not, he's a much better finisher though. Not well. Not, we're, we're not, not gonna, much better. We should not better. Re, better. We not should not rehash the uh, the arguments of podcasts past. No. Well, I should be allowed <laughs> to defend myself. Is what it should be. But whatever. Uh, okay. I only live in L.A. and watch DeAndre Jordan play on a relatively nightly basis. He's a great rebounder. He's a, he's a good shot blocker. He can throw down. He can throw down lob dunks. That's about it, man. <laughs> okay. You want to trade the Brooklyn pick for that? Mm. Good luck. Not me. No. Not but me. I'm saying, but I'm, but I'm saying, like who who is there that you would look at and say if you're Dan Gilbert and you he that's the that's the tiniest bit of leverage Dan Gilbert has right now is yeah. to say show me somebody who's worth that pick because 
Look at these guys. Look at look at Trey. What's his name? Who just went off for what forty and fourteen and five or something like that the other night? Trey Young, oh, you yeah. know, or Doncic. No, I I or said Bagley, it the other. Or, I said it to Zavak the other night, or Dave Zavak the other night, or this morning. I said, you know, he's like, why you have the greatest player of a generation, and he's sitting there and. You know, and you've got a chance to win a championship, and you're not seriously considering trading that pick. And I'm like, if you were sitting there in 2003, and I think this draft is deeper than 2003, yeah, would you would you trade that pick? I wouldn't. That's a golden ticket. You know, yeah. No, but I would. I would if there was someone worth getting. Right. Exactly. What That's if, the other what side if of that. The, if the thunder, if the thunder, all of a sudden said, oh, "Okay, well, quietly, Paul George is available." Yeah. Or yes, I would. Even for even for two months of Paul George, I'd do it. <laughs> okay. But, but that's, about, that's about like I'm not doing it for for 35 year old Marc Gasol. You're not doing it for um, Kent Bazemore and uh, no, I'm not doing it for <laughs> Kent Bazemore and Dwayne Dedman. <laughs> I'm uh, not doing it. I'm not even doing it for for. Tyreek and Chandler Parsons, which is actually the trade no, I think they should no. explore. Chandler Parsons, no, is done. No, no, okay, but oh, here, he's, here, here he's the ca- like, he's the cap filler to make it work. Of course, because okay, okay. Tyreek Evans unfortunately it. only makes three and a half million dollars, and then you'd have to throw somebody in because you'd have right. to get rid of a TT or a Shump or someone like that. So well, that's all I'm saying. Like, it'd be nice to have a Tyreek Evans run in your second unit. That's oh, all I'm saying. Or or a George Hill. <laughs> I think you're way too over. I mean, again, I, I, George Hill's fine, but that's a big contract to take on for a guy that yeah, gives but it's you only two maybe years. Yeah, I don't Plus know. I, I, I'm, I've never been a George per, Hill fan. Shooting forty six percent from three. Yeah, most of it's probably in garbage time. So when they're what? trying to catch up when they're trying to catch up. Would you rather see George Hill taking threes or Jay Crowder? I don't know. <laughs> Probably George Hill, but I don't know. I, I just think it's if I never yeah. see Jay Crowder take another three again, <laughs> that guy he hit got, one tonight. He did, and then he missed um four more, he three more, three more. But okay. he just has the worst footwork and body alignment. It seems like to me when he shoots, like well, he's unfortunately not getting better. I mean, they only no, played him no. twenty one twenty one so, minutes tonight, and he just couldn't. He just couldn't stay on the floor. So I figured out what his shot looks like. His three-point shot looks like, you know how Kevin Durant kind of gets all twisted around at the free-throw line, but he's a really good free-throw shooter? He Uh kind of looks, when he shoots threes, he looks like Kevin Durant's free-throw. Like, it's just like kind of that weird angle, and it doesn't look like he could. And it's way too flat, yeah. Yeah. Plus, Plus, here's the other thing that's going on with the Cavs right now. LeBron's jumper falling back to earth um after you know it was electric early in the season um his jumper has just slowly gotten worse and worse and worse and uh i'm gonna i'm gonna pull up some stats to back that up well as you're pulling up stats i'm just gonna finish my rant on on the whole Dan Gilbert situation, because okay. oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you. Well, off. no, you didn't cut me off. I'm just, I'm just giving you, I'm buying you some time. But I'm also <laughs> saying that, you know, just to clarify, like, I, look, I could be dead wrong, 
LeBron could be like just playing everybody and saying, I'm just going to go join my banana boat crew in Houston or, you know, I'm going to go join the Sixers and be a mentor to Ben Simmons for the next four years until I retire as a cab in 2022. Um, or I think, but I think, I think there's an 85% chance, maybe 90 that he's right back in Cleveland signing the gigantic deal that he made possible with the guys that he, that he sat down to drop the new NBA contracts with. Uh, and, you know, I mean, it's, it's probably an easier conversation to convince him if there's nobody worth getting that really puts you over the top against Golden State. It's probably an easier conversation to say, dude, let's just hang on to that pick and give you a, you know, one of these top rookies that you can, that you can mentor next year. Or we can have one of these guys and then put together a package for another star, you know, at the trade deadline next year. Yeah. It's yeah. just a it's just a better carrot to dangle and it makes a lot more sense. I would think it would make more sense to business LeBron, you know, yeah. but and what the big comparison now for Trey Young is uh is Steph Curry. I mean the way he shoots yeah. and the way he shoots. And then a lot of people think that Doncic is better than Trey Young. <laughs> so maybe I don't, I don't look, there's a lot of good young talent oh, yeah. coming. I mean, look, look at the NBA today. Like you, there's no denying the fact that the young guys are taking over. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of, there's a lot of great, I won't say great, really good rookies this year. There's a lot of really good second year players that were rookies last year. Um, guys that are really making a difference and that are starting and that are playing on playoff teams. So no, um, I agree with you. Um, yeah, so, so, so one of the, so LeBron James shooting November 41%, December, I'm sorry, October 41%, November 43%, uh, with an average. This is from the field or from three? From three. Okay. Um, and okay. So I'll give you the, the totals. 58%, 59% from the field in November. 58% from the field in December with a 43% uh, three-point percentage. Then going into January, uh, dropped down to 35 uh, th- three-point percent with a 52% from the field. Then we get into – I'm sorry, that was December. Then into January, he's shooting 29% from three. Um, still attempting around four a game, down from – almost six a game uh, earlier in the season, and then 52% from the field. So his shooting has definitely fallen off. Um, Truthfully, I would like to see... I didn't have a problem when he was throwing up 5.3 threes a game, um, as long as he was doing it with confidence. But the other thing that's happening is I feel like he's bringing his hand across his face again more. Um, yeah. he's kind of losing that stroke he had earlier this season. So I don't know. Um, but the Cavs in general have just shot like crap, um, in, in December or in January. So, yeah, well, know. they didn't in the first half, the first half they shot 58% and guys were hitting shots and, you know, they were getting into the paint and then yeah, again, they, they kind of resorted back to the threes in you know, as the as the second quarter and second half went along, and um, you know, a lot of it's the guys that are taking them. I mean, yeah. Jay Crowder took four threes tonight. Yeah, Isaiah, and- Isaiah took seven, and they made 
two combined. Yeah, Jay you know? Crowder should not take threes unless he is wide the F open. <laughs> yeah. And he should not ever take that three, dribble in two steps, and take a two that you know, five yeah. seconds into the shot clock. And it's just But like Jeff shot. Green took Jeff Green took three threes tonight and missed yeah. all. Two of them were absolutely necessities though. I mean he yeah. was wide open when he shot him. And if you don't shoot that shot you just throw off the whole flow of the offense. So. No, it's true. It's true, but 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 he's not I mean, a great three point. The guy the guy that's not taking the guy that's not taking three pointers anymore is J.R. Smith, who seems to have lost all confidence in any shot beyond the layup. Yeah. So, or, and he's or to his credit, he's driven. Yeah, he's, he's he drove a few times tonight, but um, but that that's a huge dimension that gets taken away from this team if if Jr's not a weapon offensively anymore. Yeah, because it's just one more guy that's not going to score when he's on the floor, especially when you've got him out there with Tristan and and or Crowder. You know, that's you know with him and Crowder starting, that's two-thirds of your lineup that's not that's not shooting the ball or or, or danger, uh, dangerous enough to to shoot the ball so um one of those guys has to has to start you know taking or trending upward as they say but um but again given the given how the previous few games went um this was at least a step in the right direction the caps played a really strong half and and then whether they got tired, they got lazy, they they yeah. started when, to not when, run any, any plays whatsoever. When Kevin Love went out with foul trouble, it really hurt them because he had kind of broken the game open for the Cavs, gotten two straight yeah. threes and, and had that big block and then and then he went to the bench. Oh he and... he's he's some kind of kryptonite for Curry too, man. Like <laughs> he made Curry look silly a couple of times tonight. Oh when they got caught in one on ones, yeah. Yeah, and I think part of yeah. it that happens is now is ever since that, like Curry wants, he wants to replace the vine of Kevin Love stopping him with, you know, him lighting Kevin Love up, you know, with a, with yeah. a three, and he just seems to refuse to drive on Kevin Love, and it's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, to be honest, like I think the Cavs know Steps' game well enough that he can't drive on them almost at all. I mean, he had that one, that one wide open dunk today because Isaiah switched on him and he blew right by him. Yeah. But, um, but like LeBron abused him several times. Yeah, and I wish that was so Le- Kevin. the shot blocking LeBron we saw every game <laughs> instead of just when we're playing the Warriors. So I feel like if he'd play with that kind of force all the time on defense. The oh, he had some unbelievable blocks tonight. Oh, he did. I mean, the yeah. one on KD, the one over the the square on on Steph. Yeah, I mean, the but so did Kevin had a couple too. Yeah, Kevin had a couple yeah. blocks, yeah. and yeah, no, uh, yeah, I've really felt like so. One of the you know the big complaint is why isn't Kevin Love getting the ball more? I mean, is it especially? I just feel like uh, Dwayne Wade takes way too many shots. Like he needs to yeah. come in and be a facilitator, and that's I think honestly what Calderon worked, in kind of the same way as Delhi worked is when you're on an offense with, you know, a bunch of high usage players. If you have a point guard that can just you know hit wide open shots, and or in Dwayne Wade's case, just hit that cut from the corner, 
and then just set guys up, it's great. But when you got guys yeah. that are just jacking low percentage shots, it's your offense is no, Wade, fall apart. Wade was Wade was as 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 bad as he was in the second half. He was just as good in the first half. But he was right. doing those things. He was yeah. facilitating. He no, I thought the he had steal great and- steal. And the lob to well, yeah. the lob to Jeff yeah to Jeff Green was just that was it was uh, Miami circa 2011 esque you know I mean it yeah. was it was like Chris Bosh in that play yeah yeah but that's what you know that's 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 good Dwayne Wade and then the second half we saw bad D Wade where he just kept going to that place on the floor and jacking up shots and almost refusing to let Isaiah kind of push bring the ball up the the floor you know yeah. it was weird i was like well if you're gonna have don't make isaiah the off guard like give him the ball give him the ball tell him we know your shot's rusty but give him the ball and have him have him facilitate you know but it didn't happen and that's where things started to unravel a bit for sure for sure and in the lack of structure to the Cavs' offense in the second half i mean first half they were running a lot of pick and roll and i didn't see nearly as much in the second half they just didn't want to set screens and everybody standing around and like i said it just seemed like the Cavs were out of shape i did do a little research to try to prove that the Cavs' fourth quarter scoring was was bad but i have not been able to do that um that's all right um, no, not that I haven't been able to do the research. I just haven't been able to prove it. I mean, the only game that really seemed like the Cavs' offense was in the fourth quarter was bad before this one was Boston. Um, and maybe it's, you know, they get in these intense games. But, man, did they seem out of shape tonight. And like, Well, those two, those two games, those two blowout games last week, they, they got behind early. I mean, they were – it was because – Isaiah was like over seventeen combined in in the first halves of those two games and five of twenty six total. It's like, well, when when your when your point guards throwing up goose eggs, you're yeah. not going to score enough points. So right. I know they were behind by I think they were behind by like twenty three and twenty five in the first halves of those those two games. So there's not a lot of coming back from that probably. Yeah, but. and that's you know again one of your defenses for Tyron Lue. <laughs> you know he's not out there throwing up those shots well yeah i mean look i think that tyron lu knows that the only way isaiah thomas is going to be effective for this team is if he he goes through the growing pains of getting back into into game shape to be a weapon you know and so you gotta give him his shots and unfortunately tonight they gave him 21 shots which was the most on the team and he hit eight so you know, if he hits, if he hits twelve of those shots instead of eight, it's a different ball game. It's a completely different ball game. Yeah, I'll but, agree with you. Yeah, but that's you know, I mean, that's the problem. And then when you got Wade, I mean, you think about it, Wade and Thomas together, your two basically your two point guards, shot thirteen of what thirty five tonight. Yeah. That's just you know, if yeah. they go, if they go, if they go, you know. What seventeen of thirty five? That's again, it's a different ball game. But that's that. That's a, begs the question of why are these guys taking that many shots? No. And why is Isaiah like, Thomas taking more shots than LeBron James in less minutes? Yeah, and it just feels like why is Dwayne Wade taking more shots than Kevin Love in less minutes? <laughs> right. 
it feels like the Cavs can't play good offense and good defense at the same time. You know what I mean? Like if they're playing well, in good the defense, first half, in like, the second quarter, that second yeah. quarter, they were playing good offense and good defense. Yeah, and but they but can't that sustain last it. Last the quarter, yeah. And then in the third quarter, I thought at the beginning of the quarter they were playing good or good defense, and then they kind of Kevin Love got going. And then they were still kind of playing good defense, but they were just wasting so many possessions offensively. Well, there were and, a lot of second chance opportunities. For, well, that's true too. Yeah, I mean like, they had thirteen they, offensive this, rebounds. The the Cavs guards are just really bad at boxing out and also just you know crashing for defensive rebounds. And I don't know why. I mean, it just makes no sense. I mean, when you're as slow well, as those guys are, why why wouldn't you be bad at that? But then the other part yeah. of that, well, is, and the and the free throw the free throw disparity too was was a was a problem for the, a lot yeah. of the game. It evened up. It evened up later on, but you know, but they still the set Warriors the got a lot Warriors of calls. to the line thirty thirty times. Well, yeah. the Warriors got a lot of calls. Uh, there was a stretch of about three horrific out of bounds calls. It was just like, what are you calling? <laughs> I yeah. mean, it was just, they just, the Warriors seem to get the benefit of the doubt on every single call. Um, the, the Cavs. Yeah. And they just, they just wasted too many possessions and you can't just waste possessions against the Warriors. You just, you, it's like playing the Colts when Peyton Manning was there. If you don't, if you score field goals instead of touchdowns, you're, you know, or you come away with no points, you're, you're not going to win, you know, and, and you have to keep the pressure on them. You have to make them play defense. Um, you can't settle for quick shot. You either have to get – you have to run for really good shots or you have to work the offense and, you know, make them play defense. And that's how the Cavs won in the playoffs, and that's how – and they the Cavs got suckered into their pace earlier or in the third quarter, and that, that was the ball game. So Yeah. So yeah. for for my money, I'm I'm very frustrated with Tyron Lue. I don't want him around anymore. But you have talked me into the fact that we we see through a glass darkly, and we may not. Uh, <laughs> well, we may by not the be... way, you you can feel free to feel free to disagree with me. No, no, no. I, I mean, you, I just, you convinced I'm... me that we're not seeing everything that we should see. I mean, I certainly some things drive me nuts. I will say. The couple of things that drive me insane more than anything are the fact that, you know, we see things that work and then the Cavs don't do them anymore. Like that, you know, right wing pick and roll or Channing Fry or the, you know, the Wildcat slash jumbo sure. offense last year. Um, yeah. It, it, no, every it, year there's there's things that, that, that work and then until they until they are discarded. And <laughs> right, I'm not. No, I'm not no. saying it's not. I'm not. That's what I'm saying. Like, I can't imagine that Tyron Lue doesn't see that these things work. I don't. I think it's probably the most frustrating thing for him. I'm just putting myself in his shoes right now. Okay. Probably the most frustrating thing for him to hear the questions from reporters. To if he, God forbid, he goes on this blog or you know other blogs oh, that, I mean, that we've heard that trash him mercilessly. Yeah. I mean, you know, look, the guy. What, if, if I'm an issue, I'm like, well, what the hell can I do realistically? I mean, sure, I can do these things or I can try these things, but you know, but if if they're not if they're not the way that that is is going to make LeBron and the rest of my veterans happy. And what am I? What am I doing? What am I going to do with that? Right? Like he's 
he's said from the beginning of the year he's going to have to experiment with a lot of different lineups, and he's he's been doing that. I mean, a lot of guys played tonight. I mean, not just in garbage time, but a lot of guys, I mean, you know, typically in a game against the Warriors, wouldn't he play like eight guys, maybe? Yeah, we've got, they had nine guys with 15 minutes or more. So Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, he's playing guys. Like, that was a big complaint last year was that why can't, you know, why are you playing LeBron 40 minutes a game and you're not playing Kevin Love in the fourth quarter and you're not, you know, you're not playing any guys on the bench, you're just literally playing. The, the counter argument would be that Ty Lue is always fighting last year's battle. So. <laughs> sure. And maybe that's true. And I'm again, I'm not defending him as a coach. Right. He may be horrible. He, he, it, we may be seeing the fact that like, hey, he's just a guy that knows how to talk to LeBron and, you know, and the LeBron makes it. Yeah, it makes a living off of inbounds plays or something yeah. like that. I don't know, but he certainly just hasn't. I I don't feel like he's done a very good job in in recruiting defensive minds to be around him because I don't have any faith in in Mike Longombardi after the disaster <laughs> in Phoenix and now the disaster that the the Cavs defense has been the last two years yeah. since he's been here. Right? I mean, think about that. Like. Since Mike Longabardi joined the team, the Cavs have consistently been in the bottom five of the of the NBA from uh, from a defensive standpoint. Yeah. That's not getting a job done, you yeah, know. Why so does he still have a job. Why does he still have a job? That's the guy I'd fire. <laughs> I mean, look, like if you're going to bring it, if you if there was ever a, a time to bring in like a, a Mike Brown type of coach, bring in bring in a guy like that. Bring in a, bring in fire fire him and see if Fizz will come in and be your defensive coordinator off the bench. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> right? I mean, if you want to – I'm just saying, saying to you, if you want new blood in the coaching staff, that's the way to do it because yeah. the chance who's, – who's firing Ty Lue anyways? Dan Gilbert? Because I certainly don't think Kobe Altman is going to fire him. <laughs> well, he ain't right, David, yeah, no. he may, he ain't David Griffin yet. He uh, ain't David Kobe Griffin Altman yet. is an anagram for Dan Gilbert. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just yeah. – I, 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 it's we, – we all drive ourselves crazy with the – and by the way, I don't drive myself crazy because I, I subscribe to Ben's – what Ben said the other the other last week or whatever, which is a giant don't care. I don't care. I still don't think there's any way this team is either A, missing the playoffs or B, not going to be one of the top four seeds in the, in the East or C, not getting to the finals. I don't have any faith. But, I mean, look, Toronto's been good like this before. Um, you know, Boston's been good like this before. These, yeah. y- so I think, I think Miami, these. Are... The Shaq year they won the playoffs, they were yeah. the fourth seed, and they they struggled to get to the fourth seed. Sure. You know, so th- there's an example of a team that, you know, you don't have to be a one or two seed to win at all. Especially yeah. when you're an older team and you're kind of coasting through the regular season. Look, I think they're playing. I think you're playing Wade way too much. Like, there's no oh, way Wade should play 25 minutes a night. No, right? I agree. Like, I think that's part of the problem with Dwayne Wade right now. He needs to be playing yeah. 15. Well, and, and that's the only. By the way, that's the only reason I would. I guess. Well, I guess welcome Derrick Rose back just to take up some of those minutes. Yeah. But I'd rather. I'd rather Calderon get them. But well, I would too, but it's just, I'd rather, um, you know, Chetty Osman get him. But the other part of that is, is this is my big frustration. And yeah, but Chetty's not a guard. I mean, in, but I understand what you're saying. Yeah. So I understand what you're saying. my big frustration with Dwayne Wade and my big fear was, okay, he's going to be the guy we saw last year, takes a lot of shots, um, you know, doesn't always play defense, um, 
you know, can kind of shoot you into it or shoot you out of it. And, but the problem is this year he'll have even less accountability than he did last year because he's a guy on a minimum contract and he's LeBron James' best friend. Well, yeah. You know, and, and we've kind of seen the problem with that the last, you know, it was great when, when it was working during the winning streak and it's not been great, you know, since pretty much since uh, the holidays <laughs> because, I, I feel like mid-December, the Cavs just kind of checked out mentally, and they're yeah. kind of starting to crawl out of that. But you also have to, you know, I have to keep reminding myself, uh, it is January. The January Cavs are the worst Cavs, you know. I feel well, like LeBron it, should just go to Miami for three weeks every January. Yeah, he probably should. But here's the thing. We're always trying to find ways to defend why they're not a good enough regular season team they're not – I mean, you look around the league and you say, well, you know, Golden State has no problem getting up for games throughout, throughout the regular season. They're going to probably win another 60, 65 games this year. Houston seems to have no problem winning regular season games when their guys aren't – when one of their major guys isn't injured. Um, you know, Boston isn't having any problems winning regular season games um, because – that's the way they play. They play. Yes. They they run ten to twelve deep, and everybody plays, and everybody everybody rotates, everybody switches, everybody well, has young, also... everybody has young legs, and you know that's the way that's the way it is. And they're they're a defensive team. They start with defense first, and the Cavs haven't been a defense first team since the anomaly of the twenty fifteen finals, and then before <laughs> that probably 2009 or 10, right? When yeah. the last year that Mike Brown was here, right? Or, well, the first time around. So I, that's that's just it. Like, we're, we're never – I don't think we're ever going to see this, this iteration of Cavaliers team play great defense on a regular basis. It's just not going to happen. And – they're gonna save their their energy and it, with the except I mean look, they tried tonight. Like LeBron was clearly trying tonight. Right. Yeah. Um you know, but they just they missed a lot of shots because Isaiah Thomas isn't up to speed yet and Dwayne Wade played too many minutes and took dumb you know, shots. <laughs> they took dumb shots. So yeah. that's that's the problem. That those are things that you hope won't happen once the playoffs roll around that Isaiah will be back to his old self, or at least some facsim reasonable facsimile of that, that LeBron, you know, will be LeBron again in the playoffs as he usually is that Wade will have enough left in the tank to be better than, than not. And, you know, those things that you counted that you tinkered with and you counted on through the season will pay dividends, but they're never going to be the regular season team yeah. now, that we I all want them the, to be. The, the converse of that is that these other teams identify guys and get guys on their bench that are really good, that kind of sustain when the starters aren't in. And, and the Cavs had done that earlier this year, but for whatever reason, it's not happening. So, well, cause again, we'll they see if it to, comes back around. They, they also they, had a massive have, reintegration. Because exactly, they had to reintegrate Tristan Thompson, who is a giant, uh, you know, plug in the middle of the of the offense, <laughs> and hasn't regained his defensive form. And because so, do you think you don't have a I guy? Like Tristan, one of his problems is carrying too much weight. He just seems too big to me, like for the way maybe. he plays. Maybe you know what I mean. Like I feel like 
he if he got leaner, got a little more jump, and um, you know, played a little was a little more springy, he would be a lot better. Do you, of course. Do you kind of feel and that look, way? Dude, yeah, I do. And the truth is, if they could trade him and Chump and their own pick for DeAndre Jordan, and the Clippers would take that, 100%. I'm all in on that. Oh, yeah. Or, but or that's George not going to happen. <laughs> but that, sure, George Hill. <laughs> but you still need somebody to play for Tristan. You have to either get a, a yeah, better – you're right. A, more, a more in-shape Tristan, back to his old form, or – Someone to replace him that's that's either you know cheaper and then you're you're filling in with with you know with some taking on another bad contract or you're convincing the Clippers to that hey it's not going to get any better than this you're not going to get a better offer for a guy in his you know who can opt out next year so you know blow it up now yeah. but the Clippers have fooled themselves into thinking that they can still compete in the West. Because they're five hundred now. Well, but, and they're uh, they're beating the uh, Rockets right now. So without James Harden, right? Yeah. Okay. Oh, no, no, no. I'm, not, I'm just commenting on the score, Derek. No, I know, I know, I know. I'm just saying, like that. Man, you're fired up tonight. <laughs> I am fired up because I haven't been on in a while, and I feel like uh, there's there's so you're much. Look, out we notebook. all get so no, we all we all get everyone gets so down this time of year. It's and January. It, yeah. I get it. It's oh, most of us who who read or listen to this pod, the blog or this podcast, live in cold weather climates where this time of year sucks like it's and this year probably worse than most yeah, because this it's really been, cold it has not been a fun january i, hey, say I was there i was i was there over in the first week of january yeah, and it well, was cold as hell for two weeks and i got sick left. and i got a like the worst like chest cold i've had in uh, years so yeah that's that's what you get for your trouble but uh, <laughs> i get it i get that people are upset i get that people are bummed out and disappointed about the blowout losses to, you know, to playoff teams and the the barely beating the non-playoff teams and, you know, choking away a 22-point lead to the, to the Pacers who try really hard. And I get it. I get the frustration with, with Ty Lue. I get the frustration with LeBron jump passes and... Tyloo's dis, you know, decision not to play guys like Seti or Channing or develop anybody, but that's what it is. We all have to realize that the trade-off for this kind of stuff is this team's been to the finals every year since LeBron came back, nice. and guess what? They'll probably do it again this year. So, and they and they won one championship. I, I I'm in the probably in the majority that believe it's going to be really hard for them to win another one, barring some kind of catastrophic injury to the to the Warriors. But you know, you never know. You never know how the how the dice can roll. All you can ask for is the is the shot at it. And the Cavs still have one of the best shots at it out there, despite what what it might seem like right now in the moment, and despite what the media would want you to believe that like Charles. Barkley tonight saying, I don't think the Cavs get back to the finals. Well, you know what? Until they don't, they're gonna. So, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just silly. It's silly that we yeah. all get so sort of wrapped up in it and, you know, 
feel like the sky is falling. I don't think it's it's silly. I mean, that's part of the NBA wants you to be wrapped up in it, and yeah, of course they do. They want you to so so to counterpoint you a little bit. um, (laughs) You know, one of the things that you know bothers me a little bit about the Cavs and treating the regular season like an extended preseason is, you know, it's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be fun for you know five months. Um, or whatever until the playoffs start. And the Cavs have kind of made it joyless. And even these other teams that, you know, like the Sixers or um, some of these teams that are, you know, the Nets that are fighting to, you know, for respectability or um, some of these teams that are, you know, just over 500, like the Pelicans, There, there's at least a joy there and an effort and they have to bring it every night. And the fact that the Cavs don't is is really frustrating, and it's it's kind of like the free rider problem. And I feel like the NBA, in a way, does have a bit of a regular season problem, and and does have a bit of a you know the 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 Warriors. There's four teams that are so much, and maybe five teams now that are so much better than everybody else. And then aside from them, it's like nobody else is any good. So it it. It is a little frustrating, but you know, like you said, it's the trade-off for for playoff basketball. So, maybe... not even, no, no, not even playoff basketball. It's a trade-off for for championship basketball because okay. yeah, because no, no, it was I'll just if it was playoff if it was playoff basketball, I would agree with you. If it was playoff basketball, I would say, well, come on, guys, like this these games do matter, and seating does right. matter, and and the home court does matter, and the Cavs have shown time and time again through the last few seasons that it quite frankly, doesn't matter. So until it, 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 it that's a problem. It's not going to matter until it, until it actually has an impact. Right. Yeah. So when's it going to have an impact? Well, maybe it will this year. Maybe, maybe the, the Celtics are better than we're, we, anyone that, than they're even getting credit for. Maybe Toronto is maybe Milwaukee or the heat will come up and surprise people. But the, the truth is these are, you know, it, no matter what, you can always look at it and say, well, there's always going to be a game tomorrow until you get to the playoffs, right? Yeah. So I agree with you. I'd love for, for it to be more fun. It was a lot of fun when they were on the winning streak, yeah. right? I mean, it was fun for a long time. It's only not been fun for the last, like, two weeks, right? That's true. So <laughs> it, it, we're, we're, again, I think we're prisoners of the Prisoners of the moment. Of the moment. Which, which is extended to You need to make a, a movie called Prisoners now. of the Moment. Probably, but but it's extended beyond what we would were hoping, right? Like yeah. there was that <clears throat> there was that rough week against I think it was like the Kings, and that there was that rough patch where they and then they kind of came out of it, and then they went back on the road again, and you know it's been they've been bad, and the first couple of games back with Isaiah were uplifting, but even he said today that was fool's gold, right? I mean he yeah. you know they were good, but like yeah, you know, right. he got yeah. <laughs> Exactly, but it won't be for long. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't steal pirate. No, I just no, didn't no. take credit for it. But I'm, I, I'm just I saying. I wasn't it. saying you did. I was saying Isaiah did. Oh, oh, that I he did. Yeah, yeah, he he did. Pirate. But <laughs> all I'm saying is that is that Isaiah, unless he re-injures the hip, God forbid, I'm touching wood. But unless that happens, the chances yeah. are he's going to probably regain what he had last year, which is a really good offensive player, a, a, a really not good defensive it, player. Know. Yeah. Yeah. But then you'll see, I think you'll see a lot of the, of the, 
of the February, February, March, April games in the regular season will be outscoring people like 130 to 122. Okay. But they'll win games because Isaiah will be back and, you know, they'll give up points, but they'll score a lot of points and they'll play, they'll play enough of these guys. So they're going to have to, <laughs> depending on what happens at the trade deadline, they're going to have to reintegrate, I guess, Derek Rose and I, and I, Iman Shumpert too. So, you know, talk about if there's, if you thought that Seti and Fry weren't getting time now, just wait, like they'll, they'll be in suits pretty soon. Like they, they won't even be, you know, available for so depressing. playing games. No, but that's but that's the reality of this team. They are old. They are old. They they were old last year. They're older this year, um, not by much because they lost RJ and J and and James Freaky Jones. But um, but yeah, look, I mean, guys are guys are diminishing. J.R. Smith is not the guy he was a year or two ago. No, you I'll, know? I'll agree with that. Crowder's not the guy he was last year. Yeah, that's yeah. the most depressing one. It's like, and maybe he just hasn't figured it out yet. Hopefully, he starts to come around. And that's the other thing. I mean, the Cavs are still got a pretty good record with as bad as they played in stretches. So, sure, oh, there's a lot of room for guys to improve. So, I mean, this is the first time they've lost at home in 13 games. So, and it was to the the uh, to the defending champions, yeah. and they were in the game until the last really the last five minutes. So, or two minutes, whatever. So. You know, yeah. they'll they'll be okay. They'll yeah, probably they still win. They'll probably still win fifty to fifty two games. They'll probably be the three seed, and they'll probably have to make it harder themselves and play both the Raptors and the Celtics to get out of the East. But they'll probably do it, and they'll probably have another, you know, five or six game series against the Warriors that they come up just short in the finals and rinse, wash, repeat. I mean, <laughs> in my opinion, I mean, I could be, again, I could be dead wrong. And LeBron might be planning right now to say like, ah, I've had enough of this cold weather and I'm going to go, I'm going to go somewhere warm right now, but that's how I'm going to go somewhere warm and I don't care. <laughs> yeah. How everyone maybe, feels in jail. By the way, maybe that's the biggest draw for, for LA or Houston is that he can just go play in the warm weather for most of the time. But oh, God, guess what? You still have to go warm. on the road. You still have Houston, to go play these Houston's places. Too warm. <laughs> yeah, Houston's a humid. Yeah, oh, I know. Yeah, I agree. It's miserable. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so do you think the Cavs will make any moves coming um, up? I, mean, I think they will shake the tree, see what's available. But i I don't want them to give up Osman. I don't want them to give up the Nets pick. Um, and aside from that, they don't really have anything. So. You I've know, got their own pick, a bunch of a, a, a right, bunch right. of guys. That's it. Inspiring, I guess. Right? Yeah, they've got Ante Zizic and their own pick. So and <laughs> you know and cap fodder. So right. Uh, I would love to see a Dwayne Dedman. I think he'd be a great fit. Uh, you know, I'm not a source. Dwayne Dedman. Dwayne Dedman or Kylo Quinn. Who wins in your book? Um, I like Dwayne Dedman. I think he's a better shooter. Kylo Quinn's just much cheaper contract. Just because he developed a, a three-point shot this year. Yeah, I mean, that <laughs> that that's not that's not nothing. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I'm not so, saying it is. Yeah, so uh, you know, I like that. Uh, I think he's a good defender too. Um, but he's not 
you know, not a guy that can switch. Kylo Quinn, a lot of toughness there. Um, but I, and I do feel like they need to get bigger from the center spot because these, I think even more than previous years, these big centers are going to be a problem. Um, if they end up facing one in the playoffs, but you know, uh, who is it? Valanchunas has never really given them an issue aside from that last Raptors game. And you don't see anybody in the East that's going to do that. And, uh, you know, if, if, if the Rockets make it to the finals and they have to deal with Clint Capella, I guess they just figure out how to live with that. But I mean, well, I actually think the Rockets in some ways are a worse matchup for the Cavs than the, than the Warriors. But because I feel yeah. like at least the Cavs, except have... for the fact that that neither CP3 nor James Harden are clutch players, so yeah, well that's true too. That's true too. So, um, but yeah, I I think the Cavs they they may make some minor moves. I would not be surprised to see a way to get Derrick Rose off the team. Um, and then word is he might be he might be back in the next couple of games. Yeah. And then find a way to bring in um, a Derek Williams, you know, bring in another wing, which, yeah, whatever. I heard, I read an interesting thing today that said uh, uh, Griffin wanted Ty Lue to play Derek oh, Williams yeah. in the finals, but he wouldn't. I read that, that too. Yeah. I read that too. Yeah. Anyway. Well, so, what do you think that is? You think, you think I'm right? That, that that's just the more LeBron thing and that's just Ty Lue protecting LeBron where it doesn't trust Derek Williams, or do you think that's Ty Lue actually making that decision to say, I don't want to play Derek Williams? I think that's Ty Lue. I mean, I, I mm-hmm. think he did. I don't know. I mean, I'm going to choose. He doesn't trust him? Yeah, well, I think the whole dysfunction of, you know, none of us are very clear on who's running what is, is half the problem with the Cavs. You know, there's a lot of constant power struggles there, I feel like, and they they probably all kind of chafe at this stuff all the time. And the players, you know, it's got to get old. Uh, I think one of the biggest problems, the thing to me that frustrates me about what we've seen in the last, you know, three weeks from the Cavs is that they're proving Kyrie Irving right <laughs> of, of all the kind of weird subtexty. Um, what, that the world is flat? No, just like all the stuff about, you know, all the all the weird stuff about, you know, I wanted to play point guard. I want a, a team with a, you know, a coach that puts me in a position to win, that coaches me, blah, blah, blah. You know, I feel like he is in a much more functional situation. And he sure. kind of let he's everybody still know. Got a lot of nonsense. We still got a lot of nonsense rolling around in his head, though. I mean, oh, I, I was, not, let's oh, not pretend. I, let's not pretend that Kyrie wasn't also a problem. Well, yeah, and and did if you read that screed about conspiracy theories and everything he was reading on Instagram and where the flat Earth stuff came from, you're like, this guy is a freaking loon. <laughs> oh, here's the thing. I, I think he hasn't. I don't think he's really been tested yet as a well, leader of that team. And I think once that happens, we'll see if he was right or not. But he was right. You're right. I mean, look, it's it's clear that, that, that Brad Stevens will find ways to use guys. I, I'm not a big Brad Stevens fan, and not because Brad Stevens isn't talented and a very good coach. Mm-hmm. I'm more – it's more of just I'm, – I'm, I'm more – 
I've always reacted more to the to the the anointing by the rest of the world of President Brad Stevens as opposed to constant fun. Yeah, it's just it's just it's enough already. Like, by the way, once he starts winning things, I got no problem with it. But until that happens, let's stop. Stop already. And it's funny because he's actually he's actually one of the most humble guys when you hear him be interviewed yeah. where he's always saying the right and who knows if he really believes it but he says the right things and he's always very he's got a lot of humility as opposed to say you know uh his rookie who who seems to think that they're already the best team in the east so um Tatum. yeah yeah uh, but that's no, fine Tatum's like <laughs> he's good yeah Again, he hasn't. He, I, I, again, I don't think he he's he's not no, consistently yeah. good. Like he's no, got no, some. No, he's had some good yeah, games, but for a and he definitely he's really good. he definitely shoots the three ball a lot better than I think anybody thought he would. But yeah, and, um, and not taking Markel Fultz and trading to where they did just oh sure it just Smart. pisses me off. <laughs> like, no, look, the fact I, that they have you get to give credit where credit is credit where credit is due. That I, I was long a a detractor of Danny Ainge because he did nothing with a lot of this stuff for a long time. But look, maybe he got his timing right. We'll, we'll find out this, this playoffs, right? Yep. We'll find out if, if he got his timing right. I don't think so, um, so much. And if he didn't, playoffs, then he might be like the next three, but yeah, but again, like he's, he's made the right moves this year. He seems seemingly got the better end of the, this deal with the Cavs, but you know, it, it won't really be able to be judged until we find out what happens with the Brooklyn pick. But and and if Isaiah can come back and be the player he was. But you know, look, I didn't like the trade when it happened. I understood the need for it, uh, or you know, the position that they found themselves in. I really wish it wouldn't have been to Boston because um, I never like making the you know the team that's immediately chasing you better. Um, and you know, make no mistake, Kyrie's made them better for sure. Yeah, okay. But will he make them a champion? I don't know. I don't know if Kyrie has the has the DNA to be the guy. You know, oh, I he, I think I we found out in 2015 that he did. So 16 was it 16? Sorry. Yeah, but you're right. You're right. Again, he wasn't he was the guy who hit the shot, but yeah. he wasn't the guy. Yeah, well, he, he was, wasn't the guy. To who me, he was code the guy. In terms yeah. of playing, but anyway, let's. I I kind of want to change gears a little bit and talk okay. about what really matters in January, and that is movies. <laughs> so, what's your, what's your pick for picture of the year? Or who, um, who do you think is some of the ones that are going to get nominated? Nominations haven't come out yet. Well, right? yeah, haven't come out. Come out soon. Um, but you can. I mean, usually the Golden Globes is a pretty good, a pretty good progenitor for, you know, for those things. Um, no question, three billboards outside Ebony, Missouri, got a nice bump from from that win. Um, you know, it's it's funny. It wasn't it wasn't a particularly strong year for movies. You know, as 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 far as like best picture goes, I, there are a lot of really great performances. Deeper than it was top heavy this year. Yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, there wasn't. People, a, there's a lot of people. I read a lot of critic, critics that really want Get Out to get recognized. Yeah, it won't though. I mean, it which it, is unfortunate. It, it was definitely. It's unfortunate, but it's the kind of movie it was. It's a horror film. It's not going to get. I mean, you have to literally be 
I think the, like, the last like true horror film. Cause, the Exorcist, probably. Yeah, The Exorcist. I was going to say Silence of the Lambs, but that wasn't really a horror film so much as a, like a, a thriller. suspense thriller. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you have to go back to like The Exorcist, something that was truly like you know, yeah. groundbreaking. I'm not saying that Get Out is not groundbreaking, but and it was a really well done film, but it, it I, I, I don't think it's going it to. It's not going to get that recognition. I do think, I do think Lady Bird will get a lot of recognition. Um, have you seen it? I have. It's a really well done film, um, and it's. I hope she gets nominated, Greta Gerwig, the director, because right. you know. She deserves it. That she she really directed a terrific movie. Well, um, and I think I think politically that's probably a pretty safe movie to uh, to get the to get some nominations. So sure, but uh, you know the big the big names like the Post, you know Spielberg yeah. movie or All the Money in the World. I mean, these are movies that were just okay. None of them were like you know standout stellar films. I, I, a lot of people like Dunkirk. I fell asleep. Um, I I thought Dunkirk was really you know now that it were I thought it was really overrated and the thing that irritated me about Dunkirk more than anything was they did not do a good job of conveying the scale of the operation like like they rescued what like 200,000 people and literally yeah. you saw like 20 boats in the yeah. harbor. Yeah. It was like it was like okay, so 20 boats rescued 200,000 people. That makes no sense. Yeah. <laughs> like this yeah. is just really poorly conveyed right here. And like you said it was kind of dull. Um yeah, like you said there was a lot of good performances. I so my film of the year, I just watched uh and I thought it was fan freaking tastic and i'm a little irritated with myself for not having watched it already but the new blade runner blade runner 2049 was awesome i thought it was one of the best movies i've seen in a long time um just beautifully shot great script um just really long a little too long but i i didn't mind it um yeah i thought it was really organically that long like, no, he's a talented, talented filmmaker, Denny Villeneuve. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and uh, the the cast was really good. Um, I I did maybe want a little more diversity in the cast, um, but you know, other than that, that's a that's a minor complaint. Um, yeah, it, it it was really good. Uh, I liked that a lot. And then yeah, I'm trying to think of what else. I haven't seen The Shape of Water yet. Have you seen that? Shape of Water is really good. Yeah, Shape Water's really good. It'll get some it'll get it'll definitely get nominated. Um and some people feel like it'll it, it has a good a decent shot to win. I mean, Guillermo won best director at uh, the Golden Globes. Um so you you never know. But um yeah, it's it's odd. It's it's some you know, some of the smaller festival movies have really you know, really come to the forefront this yeah. year. What's that um, one which is why What's that one with uh, Willem Dafoe in my it takes oh, place right, the Florida, the Florida Project? The Florida Project, yeah. That yeah, one. That, I, that I, was... Did you see it? Yeah, yeah, that was good. Uh, the other one, um, Call Me By Your Name, um, will get some, some attention, too. How was that? Um, I mean, it was it was really well acted. I don't know if I, overall, I love the movie, but, um, but, but, but well done. You know, I mean, it'll get some, I think... Uh, 
that that kid uh, Timothy Chalamet will you know will be a strong contender for best actor. So yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, I think there's a lot of there's no clear cut front runner this year. Like there 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 has been, I think in in past years, it it, it seems very very divided. Um, so I think you'll see. I think you'll see a lot get nominated for best picture I and mean, they might use the full 10 this year, but, okay. um, but well, I hope I, get, I think it out be, gets nominated, but maybe, I mean, with 10, with 10 slots, it might. Yeah. But, like, like um, arrival the other day was, that was a movie in years past or a couple of years yet last year, yeah, year, last year yeah. in years past that never would have been nominated, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I like the expanded nominations, uh, you know, I just made my wife sit through um, Hell or High Water, which I think is just a fantastic movie too. So yeah, from really well done. Year. So really well Any, done. Uh, well, if you get a chance, to see Three Billboards. If you haven't seen it, it's, yeah, it's, it's a it's a good. It's yeah. got a little bit of a of a. It leaves a little bit of an odd taste, I think, with the with the current um, state of uh, I, I think um, race relations as far as the the authorities go but um but i do think it's a it's again some great performances sam rockwell's great um Frances mcdormand is fantastic as so. always my all-time favorite actress yeah she's terrific we're one of them her and of course you know there's meryl streep too so yeah <laughs> um or or is I call her the greatest actor in the history of film. So, <laughs> or is, uh, what was it? I always said that I wanted Francis Dorman McDormand to play my mom in the, uh, the biography of my life. The, so. the Nate Smith story. The Nate Smith story. That's right. Who, who plays Ty Lue in the Nate Smith story? Uh, Ty Lue would be played by a goldfish. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think I would think he'd be played by Marionette Tyloo. Marionette Tyloo, who's pulling yeah, the you, strings? No, probably Trey and, and Matt. Probably you yeah. do it like you know, <laughs> like World oh, Police. <laughs> no, my my uh, my the biopic of my life is much more serious. <laughs> <laughs> there's no Tyloo. There's, there's no Tyloo in your in your in your Pro- biography. Probably not. Yeah, it's not a comedy. <laughs> it has to be a foil though. Like who's who's my foil? Um yeah. I oh probably my best friend or one of my best friends growing up that was kind of all kind of simultaneously a bully and a good friend of mine. So yeah. that he okay. would probably be the foil and then Right. The guy that comes <laughs> around in the end. <laughs> Kinda, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Yeah, it would be an interesting story. I, I've got a lot of stories I've never told you. You know, I grew up in a cult, so. Oh yeah. yeah no, I know. <laughs> well, no, I don't know that, but I, I know there are stories you have not told me. So. <laughs> yeah. So. Someday. That'd make for an interesting. Yeah. Sure. No, sure. I've always wanted to write the story. So. Okay. So there you well, go. I know some people who can make some films. So. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So, um, anything else you want to pitch? Any sleeper movies? Um, I I told you I got to see finally Roman J. Israel. Really enjoyed it. Oh, good, um, good. I probably not a contender for best picture, but Denzel was. I think Denzel, we'll I think, could definitely get a nomination. Um, he he was fantastic. Um, and didn't play the same role Denzel plays in a lot of movies. So I yeah. I really felt like he went against the grain a lot in that film. Yeah, um, maybe too much though, but. No, you know, maybe, but, still but I thought he was fantastic. 
Um, yeah. and I thought the film had a lot of good things to say. Um, you know, so, well, thanks. Yeah, yeah, no, I thought it was a very interesting discussion of, um, kind of how, you know, the new age of, you know, civil rights and, uh, you know, social causes, people interact with the older generations of, of people that fought that fight and how maybe we don't have enough respect for them, but also how they're, they kind of have a hard time bridging the gap between each other. So I thought that was a really good exploration of that. So, yeah. Yeah. No question. No so, question. Um, anything you want to pitch? Um, I finally got around to watching, um, I got around to watching David Fincher's series Mindhunter on Netflix, okay. which was excellent. Um, it starts a little slow, but it's only eight episodes, and uh, no, or is it ten? But it's really like, gets as, as you go along, it's really good, very well cast. Um, I mean, really well written, really well written and is directed. It, what is it? Is it sci-fi? It's no, it's the it's the uh, the history of the beginnings. Oh, the profiling of, in the. Yeah. Uh... Profiling and, and identifying serial killers by interviewing ones that they knew about. So, um, you know, they they would go around and, you know, it's, it's based on a book about um, the, sort of the original one of the original profilers at the at the FBI. Okay, started. So it's not like a documentary. It's a no. It's sort of a you know, it's it's loosely based on okay. on a book and real events, but um, Is it but kind definitely of styled real. The same way as Zodiac. Yeah. Yeah, very much in that vein. I mean, if okay. you know Fincher's work in that yeah. space, it's, Zodiac's a great movie. So. Yeah, sort of like Zodiac, the the uh, you know the 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 anthology series. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah, there's so much good sci-fi out now. Um, yeah. You know, I really want to check out um, new Netflix series just came out on all on Philip K. Dick. Um, not Netflix, Prime. There's a Prime series yeah. of all Philip K. Dick stories, and then of course the new season of Black Mirror, and then. Um, have you watched it yet? I have not watched. It. I w- I've tried to watch Black Mirror twice, and both times I got stuck on the first episode. And a yeah. couple people have told me that the first episode is really not indicative of the series as a whole, so you should skip it if you didn't like it. The first episode so, of this season, or no, overall? in general. Oh, in general, yeah. The the are you talking about the national anthem? The one about the. Well, it's Bryce Dallas Howard, and then all the. Oh no, that's the first. Stuff. That's that's the first episode of last season. Oh, okay. See, I, I get all messed up. That's right. It's <laughs> been forced, it's been forced and the, every okay. season gets longer, much probably to its detriment. Like okay. they, the first season was only three episodes, and then season two was four. I think se- last season was four, and then this season was six, which was okay. too many. Okay. But um, but there's some. You can go online. There was an article today that ranked the top, ranked them uh, all nineteen of them, so you can yeah, sort yeah, of see that. which that order to watch them in. Yeah, watch them in that order, you'll be fine. Okay, and then yeah, the other one I want to watch is uh, Stars has a new show starring J.K. Simmons about yeah. parallel universes. So yeah, that looks counterpart. Cool too. So I want to see that. That looks pretty so. cool. Yeah. Anyway, lots of uh, well, you're stuck in the house in January. Uh, and it's looking like tomorrow maybe a, yet another snow day, which uh, oh, wow. most of us had a snow day Friday, and then a lot of us had a snow day um, the week before. So it's looking like today maybe another snow day. So we will yeah. uh, we will try to survive 
But uh, thanks for, you know, the dose of sanity on the Cavs and, you know, not taking this loss too hard or too soft and, and we'll kind of continue down that road. So Yeah, who do they have coming up? I think it's uh, the rest of the month is not not easy, but no, at least they're at been, home a little bit more. It's been a tough road so far. They got Orlando on Thursday, so a few days off to recover from this. <laughs> and then they've got Oklahoma City, but it's in at the queue yeah. on Saturday. Yep. Um, but it's nice. They don't have a lot of uh, – I don't think they have another back-to-back until the end of the month uh, with Detroit and Miami on a Tuesday and a Wednesday. So yeah. Then they play the Spurs <laughs> yep. in, in San Antonio, which is really tough because I guess they're one of the best uh, home teams in the league. And then a Pacers game, which the Pacers have had their number this year, so getting them back would be really good. And then back to bet or home and home against uh, the Pistons, and then finishing out uh, against Miami uh, yeah. on the thirty first. So it's going to be a tough uh, couple weeks, but uh, hopefully we can get a. Hopefully they keep improving. So yeah, I think they will. For. I think they will. I think we'll see them generally turn things around. You know, it's still going to be a rocky road. I mean, you know, I, I think they're on track for about 52 wins. I, I still think they'll win 50, um, you know, but it, it probably won't be a whole lot more than that. And it'll be good for about what they were good for last year, which is probably second or third place. So, Well, and this has been Cavs a podcast. Uh, I'm Nate Smith with Evil Genius, and as always, go Cavs! Go Cavs! Thank you for listening to Cavs the Blog podcast. Check back soon for some more fun with your favorite blogger. There's a fire. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.